0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome into another episode of Cat's Talk Wednesday. Vinny Hardy and Terry Brown here for episode 150. TV man, how's everything
2: going with you? 150? Oh my god, that that's wow. <laughs>
0: We've
2: been doing this for a minute or two. Uh that's yeah. fantastic. I'm 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 doing I'm doing great. I'm I'm doing real good. My my football team is three and zero. Uh, basketball news is starting to eke out with the new look cap,
0: so it's a
2: it's a great time.
1: Absolutely. Uh, are you back to the normal routine for everybody listening? Last week, your your job got flooded. You had to work in Cincinnati. You weren't even in Louisville. Are you is is
2: order being restored just in your daily life? Yeah, we've got some folks back in the building. We're setting some folks up to work from home. Uh, I'm in the IT field, so uh, we're able to get some folks working from home. So that's a good thing. Uh, we're we're trying to to make it work. But I am back in Louisville. I was able to come back on uh, Friday night, so I'm feeling I'm feeling really good about that. Got to watch that Monday night football game in Cincinnati between the Texans and the. Uh, Bengals if you want to call it a game But uh, got to watch that But uh, uh, I am back I am back uh, Strangely enough, I played basketball Twice this week Played Uh-oh. on Sunday night Played uh, on uh, Yesterday in my usual time As well So woo. Uh, I, I, It wasn't quite a back-to-back But I'm feeling like it was a back-to-back If that makes sense huh. <laughs> ah. Have to get Adam Silver in there to,
1: to stretch your schedule out.
2: Yeah, yeah, but just a a, a great weekend. I know we've got some great guests. Uh, the Cats pulled off a, a pretty big game on Saturday, so a lot a lot to cover uh, tonight.
1: That's it. Appreciate everybody also checking out the show on Facebook Live. Um, if you want to give us a call, number is eight four five two seven seven nine three seven three. Like Terry mentioned, we got a lot of guests tonight, and we're about to give you a rundown of how it's going to go. Um, and like I always say on Facebook Live, you can get the entire conversation. Just go to blogtalkradio.com slash talk. I'm going to post a link in the comments that so we can hear what Terry says as well as all our other guests. You just won't hear me talking and then see me sitting there nodding and agreeing with what everybody's saying. But, we are loaded with guests coming up in about 10 minutes. Our first guest is Nate Northington, former UK running back, the first African-American to ever play in the SEC period. He integrated Kentucky football, but the SEC all across the board in all sports. Nate Northington is going to call in at 615. You and I are just honored and, and excited to have him on and to hear his story. Uh, we He's gotten a lot more attention with himself and uh, Mr. Hogg and Mr. Hackett and Mr. Page for what they did back in the U.K. Of course, they got recognized with the statue, documentaries coming, but it's still good to continue to hear his story and see them get the credit that they deserve. So we can't wait to talk to Nate Northington at 6.15. Uh, At 7 o'clock, we had this gentleman on a few weeks ago, former U.K. D-lineman Joey Couch is going to join us, and uh, he was excited talking with us over the summer, and he said, you know, definitely as the season comes on, I'd love to come back on again, I'd love to come on again, have me on, so we definitely got him coming on, and this this week is no better week for it. We're Kentucky 3-0, looking to snap that 30-game, streak to Florida, um, so we got three guests on. Our third guest uh, will be on for the first time as well, he played in the... Mid to late 90s defensive back Van Howes uh, also played with the Bears. He's going to come on. So we got two defensive guys, and Mr. Northington, of course, was a running back. So we got three guests loaded with football. A lot of the topics that are in the news we, we probably won't even get to, like you know, Kyrie expressing himself on first take. Uh, a moral victory maybe with the 49ers in Seattle. A beat down that my (laughs) Cowboys suffer. A lot of that stuff we won't even get to because it's going to be all football with these three gentlemen that we're having on. It's going to be great talking to them. Uh, In eight minutes from now, we'll have Nate Norton on to start it all off. But um, It's very, very exciting. I'll put the link to the full show on Facebook Live. Uh, Richard Harris asked what the Kool-Aid was I was talking about because I titled the episode on Facebook Live, South Carolina's Kool-Aid. wasn't that sweet. Basically, just all the media picking South Carolina. South Carolina getting a lot of hype over the summer about how good they were going to be. All you heard was Jake Bentley, Jake Bentley, Jake Bentley. And he is a good quarterback, and he did make South Carolina a lot better in the second half of the season. And South Carolina beat North Carolina State, and then they beat Missouri. So everybody was saying, well, they played better teams than Kentucky. they two and is more impressive than Kentucky. And we saw after the big play to Debo Samuel Kentucky, Basically shut them down for the rest of the night in uh, Lucha's twenty-three to thirteen victory. So I just, you know, a lot of people were drinking
2: South Carolina's Kool Aid, wouldn't you say, TV? Yeah, and I think post game we saw Coach Stoops kind of take a point with that. Uh, and I've touched on this before, as we are now on show one hundred and fifty. We've covered a few college football seasons here, and I have said repeatedly. If Kentucky is gonna make that leap from the bottom of the SEC. Did TV did we lose t v
1: Just talking about making that leap for sure uh you you gotta knock off teams that are on your level uh you also gotta rise up and knock off teams. Uh, that are consistently above you in talent and above you in tradition. That's what Kentucky's is trying to do this weekend against Florida. Um, but like we talked about, you've kind of surpassed South Carolina. You beat them three years in a row going into last Saturday. Um, and then this past Saturday you beat them again. That makes four in a row. So you've got to win those games if you want to continue to elevate yourself. You can't allow slippage. When you're, when you're playing teams like that, that are considered equal to you. Uh, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, they're all fighting for respect. They're all trying to get where Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida have traditionally been. Uh, they've all had their ups and downs as well, but traditionally when you think SEC East, you think Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, they kind of ruled the roost. Missouri came in, had a couple hot years when they first joined the conference, but now we've seen the bottom fall out for them. So historically speaking, you know the three teams that you want to go after. You know the three teams that you want to knock off. And we got Terry back on now. I was just kind of picking up on your point, KB, about how you know, you got to beat the teams that are considered on your level as you try to rise up and fight. The teams that are traditionally
2: at the top of the conference. So I'll take it back to you Well, yeah, and that's what I've been saying for a long time. You, you know, you can't go from the bottom uh, to the top like that. You know, like Drake says, you got to start at the bottom. So look at the look at the SEC East. That's South Carolina four straight. Uh, we've beaten Missouri back to back. Vance.
1: OT. lose you again? We might have lost TB again. Gotta get him back. Get his signal back. We talking about beating the South Carolinas, beating the Vanderbilt. So Anthony White, Kentucky was on fire uh, for sure. Um, you got? Are you there, T V? Are you back? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Can now, you hear? Uh, Okay, yeah. I
3: don't know what's going
2: on. Let me stay put. Uh, I usually walk around <laughs> when I'm doing the show. But, uh, yeah, so you've beaten these teams consistently. And, and now it's time to take aim at Florida, Tennessee, and Georgia. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. That's where we are right now. And uh, uh, John Clay of the Herald-Lear put out a, an article on Saturday – you know, if Kentucky wants to be taken seriously, they've got to beat South Carolina. Well, you know, I want to win every game, but I'm not going to, after three straight victories, losing to South Carolina, I don't think was a make or break. We've got three games that we've got to get at least one of the three. Got to beat Georgia, Tennessee, or Florida. That That's how you move up to the big boys' table. And if we want to make that leap, that's what we have to do. Uh, so. Absolutely.
1: <clears throat> TB's phone is in and out, uh, but we do have Nate Northern coming on in about three minutes. Uh, so definitely get to to reflect his experiences
0: uh,
1: being the first African American player to play at UK to integrate the SEC. Uh, reflect on his time with Gray Page, Houston Hog, Wilbur Hackett. And then, you know, his thoughts on that now, the thoughts on the recognition that he's gotten, the recognition that he's going to get in the future. And talking about the documentary, talking about the uh, SEC championship game in Atlanta, where he'll be honored. Uh, SEC Media Day started with him being honored by the commissioner, uh, Greg Sankey, uh, this summer, recognizing what Nate Northington Houston Hall, Greg Page, and Wilbur Hackett had accomplished in 1966 when they first came to Kentucky. So uh, we'll get his thoughts on all that, and we're excited and honored to have him on with us tonight. It's going to be a fun show. And like we mentioned, for those just tuning in, Joey Couch will be on at 7 Former U.K. defensive lineman uh, from 87 to 91. And then Van House, U.K. DB, from 94 to 97, Uh, and also spent time with Chicago Bears. He'll be on as well. Uh, Interesting to hear his thoughts on Twitter. He was, of course, tweeting a lot with Anthony White. I see Anthony on there, too. And he just learned a lot reading the conversation from their two tweets. Uh, Got a lot of perspective on what Van was bringing, his thoughts on the secondary, uh, the start of the season, his thoughts on the way the corners were looking, the way the sectors were looking, the way that back end of the defense was looking. So anxious to have him on. Uh, and get his thoughts on but we're, little by little we're getting every position group on UK football as far as former players are concerned uh, on the show. had the running back, Anthony White, um, offensive lineman, Mr. Warren Bryant, uh, had Sonny Collins on, also a running back, uh, Joey Couch, George Massey, defensive lineman, Freddie Magger, the quarterback, uh, Dennis Johnson, defensive lineman. We've got to get some linebackers on, got to get some tight ends on, Got to get some wide receivers on. But little by little, we're getting all of the position groups covered uh, as far as having them on as guests on the show. We definitely appreciate them taking the time to do that and and come on with us. Um, We'll take a quick break, a quick early break, so we can get TB back. His phone is acting up a little bit. BlogTalkRadio.com slash CatsTalk. Once again, I'll put the link on in Facebook live where everybody who's joined in can see the link and can hear what everybody else is saying. You don't just have to hear all me and have your ears burning and bleeding just because it's all me. You can hear what everybody else is saying uh, and get the full scope of the show. So this is Catch Talk Wednesday. Vinnie Hardy, Terry Brown as well. Uh, we'll take us a quick break. BlockedOutRadio.com slash Talk. We'll be right back, and Nathan Norrington will be on with us shortly. are going to come on back from the break a little bit early. We have Vinnie Hardy here. Terry Brown back. Got the phone blind back. I have a little issue with the signal, but we got you back live on Clear TV. And we also have our first guest on the line as well. He was the first African-American to play in the SEC period, former UK running back. Mr. Nathan Northington is on with us, mr. Northington, We are so honored to have you. Thank you for joining us on the show. How are you this evening, sir? Uh,
4: I'm doing fine i'm I'm blessed. How are you today? We
1: are doing well We're doing well on this wednesday uh and I appreciate you taking the time and and moving things around uh to be on with us and and listening to our show a few weeks ago. We really really appreciate it. We're honored to have you.
4: Well, thank you all for uh, the invitation, and uh, uh, likewise, it's an honor to be on. And I definitely appreciate the um, opportunity to uh, speak to you guys. And co-host
1: Terry Brown, there, he's he's a Louisville native like yourself, and a very proud Seneca high school guy. And of course, we know you had connections to Seneca with with Mr. Unseld and, and Mr. Mike Red. Uh, Growing up as well, right? Uh, yes, I did, absolutely.
4: Well, I'm not going to hold that against him then, uh, Mr. Brown. He must have lived pretty close to my neighborhood with the Seneca. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, uh, yeah, I grew up with uh, West sale and uh, Mike Redd, so two tremendous uh, basketball players, and, of course, they won the first uh, state championship in basketball for Seneca. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they won it again the second year with Unsell when Red had graduated. So you to watch those guys play on, on the uh, uh, Newburg Park fan lot all the time, and, you know, there was some uh, terrific ball games. So I learned a lot from both of them. How you doing, Terry? I'm TV. I, I'm, no, I'm
2: <laughs> doing good. Am I? Am I on? I don't know what's going on with the yeah. phone here. But Mr. Yeah, thank you, you so to... much for coming on. We really appreciate that. Uh, and, and I'm I'm glad that you folks and and the work that you put in, you all are finally getting your due, and getting the recognition that you really deserve.
4: Uh, yeah, I tell you, it. it uh, you know, it, it's been a number of years, of course. 50 years uh this year uh since uh i played in the first game uh in the SEC, um you know with an african american playing against uh uh competition in in the s e c so uh you know i I'm, I'm i'm grateful to u uh, k university Mitch Bonhardt you know the a lot of my teammates that uh really uh, stepped forward and, and wanted to do some things for us, you know, myself and Greg Page, of course, and uh, Wilbur Hackett and Houston Hawks. So the uh, uh, university has really uh, stepped up and uh, done some great things for us.
1: Does it seem like it's been 50 years when you when you step back and look? Does it seem like in ways maybe it has or maybe it hasn't? How the time gone by for any person?
4: Uh time goes by so fast, I tell you, it's unbelievable. I, I, I <laughs> it, it surely does not feel like uh, it's been 50 years. You know, it seemed like it was only yesterday uh, that we were uh, teenagers and, you know, running around in the neighborhood. So uh, it's amazing how quickly time passes by and, you know, uh, um, but your body kind of lets you know that it's been that long. <laughs> We're talking with Nate
1: Northington, the first African-American player to play in the SEC, running back at Kentucky. Um, And, Mr. Northington, I know that Jackie Robinson broke the color line in Major League Baseball just months before you were born. How did that maybe impact you growing up? Did the family talk about it a lot? And, and, you know, the fact that it was so new and such a, a story then, did that kind of impact you growing up as a youngster in Louisville?
4: It did. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, it's very – it's kind of uh, ironic that he, as you mentioned, uh, broke the barrier in the um, Major League Baseball uh, the same year that I was born. And I uh, uh, never thought that, you know, I would be doing something that would be breaking the barrier in the SEC. <laughs> so, um Uh, There's a connection there. There's another – so we heard a lot about Jackie Robson, of course, and, you know, there is a connection that he has with Louisville as well. So there's sort of a, you know, some stories there that uh, are very, very interesting, and uh, I won't tell you all of them. I just – if I could put in a plug, I just ask everybody to uh, buy my book called Still Running and uh, in the book, I kind of talk about some of those things. And I mentioned one, uh, I mentioned two. First of all, Jackie Robinson played uh, as a, uh, uh, a minor league for one year uh, for the Montreal uh, team. And he came to Louisville and played at the old Park, Parkway Field, uh, where U of L's uh, sports complex is now. So most people don't know that. And then also, he played with a guy that. I kind of, uh, grew up and uh, was born in Kentucky, but grew up in another part, of, grew up in Louisville by the name of Pee Wee Reese. And Pee Wee Reese was a Dodger, second baseman. And when Jackie played uh, for the Dodgers, a lot of the fans was getting on. Like, I think they were playing in New York or somewhere. I can't remember. But uh, uh, Pee Reese, you know, he, I think he made an error or something, and the fans was on him pretty tough. And Pee Wee Reese walked over and put his arms around his shoulders, and the fans immediately, you know, quieted down. So, uh, so there's a little connection there with with that. But to answer your question, yeah, uh, Jackie Robinson was a big, big hit. You know, we talked uh, talked about a lot. My parents and, and friends and, and different ones, older older persons. I was only because I was a kid when it happened, but I wasn't born when it happened. But um, you know, growing up, uh, definitely heard a lot about him. And uh, so, you know. Uh, uh, that did impact me as well. And you can you can definitely
1: plug the book you've written, Still Running. Uh, mm-hmm. Where can our listeners get a copy of your book?
4: Uh, I did a book signing there in uh, Lexington, too. Uh, Lexington, Kentucky, I did, too. Um, uh, Barnes & Noble was one bookstore uh, that should have it. Uh, if they can't, they can order it. Uh, also, um, uh, but it, you can receive it on uh, Amazon.com or com. It's also available in a tablet, so you can buy it that way as well online.
1: Definitely want to, uh, like you said, get the rest of the story there. That was a, a, a nice little tease about Jackie Robinson and his connections to Kentucky. Uh, and about how Pee Wee Reese controlled an entire crowd with just a simple action there on the field where when you could tell things might have taken a turn in a different direction. So that is uh, definitely a nice story uh, and great act on his part as well uh, on the part of Mm -hmm. Mr. Reese and Jackie Robinson. Um, Now, I know from the personality standpoint, we already talked about um, Jackie Robinson. Just what was? Tell us about life in Louisville. And I I know you're already upset at Terry because you went to Seneca, but tell us about going to Thomas Jefferson <laughs> High School and, and growing up in Louisville. Y'all are enemies already, but you know it'll be okay. But tell us about your your childhood in Thomas Jefferson High School. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. I'm stirring
1: it up between y'all.
4: <laughs> I, okay, I no <laughs> problem. I got I got I got too many friends that uh went to uh, Seneca High School, so. Uh, that's definitely not a problem. And actually, there's a community <laughs> rivalry there, you know, because it's right there, uh, Newburgh, uh, the community where I grew up in, it's right in the middle of uh, the two schools. You know, because yeah. on one side of Newburgh Road, you went to Seneca. If you live on the other side, you went to Thomas Jefferson. Now, I was I was not when I was uh, going to Newburgh uh, Junior High School, um, uh, and I say this as well, I have... Uh, my older brothers and sisters all went to Seneca, uh, but when I came along, uh, uh, the year that I was supposed to go to Seneca, our Goldsmith Elementary, uh, they uh, extended the, um, um, the age there at Newbury, and we became a junior high school. So I went there for three years as junior high rather than going to Seneca with my other we were going to Seneca and uh, they built TJ because I didn't have any idea where, you know, what this was, TJ. <laughs> so I, I'd always look forward to going to Seneca and playing football and my older brother played football there at Seneca and, and I was looking forward to doing that. But when they built TJ, I'm thinking, what in the world, you know, what school is this? Because it had no name and nobody had no recognition uh, because we were in the highest class. So I started in the 10th grade of course, and it didn't take very long for us to really, uh, with the talent that's there, you know, in that community, it didn't take very long for us to become a, uh, uh, you know, a proven uh, power, you know, in, in all sports, uh, football, basketball, you know, track. Uh, uh, so, um, so TJ it didn't take very long for that. The same thing happened with Seneca. When Seneca first opened up, kids from Newberg used to go to uh, Fern Creek, and of course, this was during the Civil Rights Movement and they just integrated actually Fern Creek before they built Seneca. And so we were right at the heart at the time when we were starting to integrate the different schools, you know, uh, back in the early 60s. So um, so TJ and Seneca had some tremendous athletes. You know, we have a good rivalry. We all played together, you know, in the summers, baseball, you know, and, and those kind of things. So it's, it's all friendly, you know, it's all good. <laughs> so
1: you're all right, you Are you okay then?
4: Uh, all right. Yeah. That
2: that's good, but that's absolutely right. <laughs> that's a close knit neighborhood right there around Newburgh. So Right. Uh right. You, you, you throw Fern Creek in there. I was born and raised in Fern Creek but went to Seneca. Uh it it's, it, it can get pretty chippy. That Fern Creek was our one of our biggest rivals. Uh so mm-hmm. I I understand exactly what you're saying there.
4: Yeah, and I did have some cousins as well that went to uh, Fern Creek, and of course we had to play them also in football. And of course we we uh uh well i to tell you about that, but you know that's another story. Put <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> this way, we didn't we did not lose very many games. You know uh, when I was when I was playing, we lost uh, the only game we lost my senior year. We lost um, and as juniors we were we were just we, we did not have any seniors on our team. Um, a senior year, we we uh, uh, I was in the senior class, so we had it uh, was our first senior uh, class, and uh, we only lost one game. You know, we lost to Seneca by a score of seven to six. Okay, and uh, uh, they had already lost the game previously to our playing them, and if we had beat, if we had just tied them seven to seven, uh, we would have been the county champs and play for, and we would have got a chance to play for the state championship. So Seneca uh, beat a 76, uh, uh, you know, uh, controversy over the extra point that we kicked, but, you know, that's history now. So, and then they went on, Seneca went on to beat five J uh, to win, I think, their first uh, football AAA championship. So uh, quite, a, quite a rivalry there, and um, uh, we had some very good games, and like I said, some good friends on both you know, going to, going to Seneca that I grew up with, and uh, uh, they still they still remind me of that game. So those things you never you never live down, <laughs> you, even from That's fifty right. years ago. Fifty years you, you never you so, never get over those. <laughs>
2: exactly. That, I've got a question for you, Mr. Northern Now, growing up, I'm born and raised in Louisville, and I know kind of the grief I took when I decided to go to UK for school.
0: Mm-hmm. What
2: was it like when you kind of made your decision that you were going to go to UK and kind of be the first and and, and, and kind of talk about that a little bit, if you can.
4: Sure. Uh, as, as you mentioned, you know, uh, at that time, the uh, growing up in Louisville in the these, uh, early 60s, uh, of course, there was still, um, you know, everything was still separate, segregated pretty much. And, you know, we could not go to um, Shawnee Park or Iroquois Park or those parks. We'd only go to to, uh, Chickasaw. Um, um, You know, we played baseball there at Chickasaw in the league. And uh, so this was during the height of the the beginning, actually, of the civil rights movement, you know, in the late 50s. So um, integration was... Brown the Board of Education had had passed, Con, or the um, Supreme Court had ruled in favor of integration. Uh, so uh, they began to integrate, and and um, um, that's why we ended up going to, uh, as Terry going to Seneca and myself going to uh, Thomas Jefferson, and uh, it, it was it was uh, you know. Um, we were able to really – I think TJ was – and probably Seneca as well, from what I understand, uh, we didn't have some of the problems that may have existed in other places, other states. I mean, there were some, naturally, you know, but um, uh, overall, you know, I think that uh, integration went, you know, pretty well, you know, here in in Louisville. Um, But – you know, it was it was a trying time, as you know, nationwide. And for me to you know, in Kentucky, uh, in Louisville, we got quite a bit of uh Kentucky got uh enormous amount of coverage on, you know, radio, television and all of that, of course. And as a uh African American, you know, we didn't really have any creation cra- cra- in the S C C of course, so um, you know, most people expect you to go to Seneca I'm sorry. To University of Louisville, or as a lot of players, uh, did, they went to either uh, all-black colleges in the South, or they went to the uh, Big Ten schools. So I was recruited by a Big Ten school, Purdue, very heavily, and then uh, and they had a top ten football program at that time. Also, you may remember or I've heard about um, a guy by the name of Sherman Lewis. Uh, to Man U sure. All-American all and also uh, uh, Paul McPherson so those guys that I remember growing up and of course being big stars uh, in high school and going on to play in the Big Ten but Paul went to a small a, a black school and uh, historically black college and uh, Sherman Lewis was a star in Michigan State so in the Big Ten so uh, so Purdue uh, Kind of, kind of looked at me as being a Sherman Lewis type, you know, quick and fast and uh, not the biggest, but, uh, you know, uh, so they recruited me pretty heavily. And, of course, that's the L. So my friends uh, found out that uh, Kentucky was interested in recruiting me as well my senior year. Uh, you know, uh, they really didn't, you know, didn't feel like I would probably go there and I probably didn't feel like I was going to go there either. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it was like a last-minute change that I, that I did. As a matter of fact, when I, the last I went to Purdue, I went there a couple of times on a visit, and they had, it again, a big 10, uh, uh, top 10 program. Uh, quarterback was Bob Greasy, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback now wow. for uh, our, um, Miami. And so he was a quarterback, and, and I uh, was showing around there by a guy by the name of uh, – um, oh gosh, uh, African American guy that played for um, uh, Seattle, won a championship in basketball. He showed me around the campus and everything. So, so I was pretty much set, you know, going to Purdue. And uh, but then um, uh, uh, the governor uh, Ned Brethin, um and uh, president of the university John Oswald. Uh, get involved in you know, the recruitment and uh uh things kind of changed a little bit uh, but but uh, <laughs> uh so so basically uh, my friends <clears throat> when they found it finally did happen uh they 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 were you know most of my friends at that time that I grew up with uh, were surprised and uh they 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 uh kind of had a mixed mixed feelings you know, they, they were happy that, uh, uh, you know, I was breaking a barrier and, and everything, but by the same token, they were concerned, you know, about having to go to the South to play to play sports, play football. So it was a mixed, mixed feelings um, when that happened. Sorry, we running back. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry, I was just didn't mean to cut you off. I was just talking, letting everybody know we're talking with Mr. Nate Norlington from UK running back, uh, SEC pioneer. And just going back to where you, in the process, you were starting to lean heavily towards going to Purdue. You know, the Big Ten was, mm-hmm. was prominent then. Um, and then Governor Bresset and, and Mr. Oswald enter into the picture. Were you easily persuaded I mean, these are, you know, prominent people. You know, you can't get any more prominent than Governor Breathitt, and, you know, you can't get any higher up than, than President Oswald at Kentucky. Were you easily turned into Kentucky's direction or did you have to, to sleep on it and think about it or did, were you resistant to that idea at first? When they, when they first approached you, your reaction and, and what was your th- thought process?
4: uh initially, initially uh they they were not you know directly involved um it was just the uh u k um recruiters you know assistant coach and everything so um you know so there was not much much thought or, or pressure at that point i um you know as i said there was a lot of uh, uh coverage of u k of course here in Louisville with a lot of alumni, uh, radio and TV. And so I had, you know, I, I watched some of the games on TV and just to my radio, uh, read about in the paper. So it wasn't, I wasn't totally, um, you know, uh, I wasn't, you know, totally untuned to their, their program. Um, I knew the SEC was a, you know, a tough top uh, program, but, um, Top conference but you know still not integrated Um, so the the president and and governor Brett did not get involved until the last uh, you know few weeks uh, of the recruitment process and that's when he invited myself and my family you know my parents uh, all my siblings to the governor's mansion uh, to have dinner one Sunday (laughs) okay um, so, <laughs> so they were pretty serious about about recruitment of uh, integrating at the conference. And of course, two years earlier, as you all know, I read a lot about it. Uh, my good friend Wes Ansell was being recruited by uh, UK as well. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of remember, you know, I don't have a lot of details about that experience, but I, I have some. Um, and um, there was a lot of talk at that time. So. So I guess the, the the then even after that, the year after that, uh, there was uh, Butch Beard uh, from Blackmonish County. You may remember mm-hmm. Butch, uh, yeah, off all yeah. america from Yale. So 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 the front, so the groundwork had kind of been laid, you know, as far as uh, everyone realizing and knowing that uh, it was time to do something there at a UK and SEC, and um, um, so when I was when I finally went to the governor's mansion and had an opportunity to speak with him, you know what he, what what happened was my mindset was that, well, I go and listen, you know, to see what he's going to say. And I've been there before uh, to the governor's mansion uh, uh, every year. He invites the all-state football team to the mansion. i have been there as a junior, but there was no talk at that time of, of uh, uh, integration or or going to the UK. So I've been there before. I met the governor previously, you know, but this time it was all about all business about after the dinner, of course.
0: <laughs> uh,
4: so I turned turn to uh, uh, accepting the scholarship to go to the U.K. and integrate the SEC. And, and we met and we talked uh, along with my high school coach. Uh, and, you know, the bottom line, I guess, would be that, um, you know, he, he, he was a person of, of vision uh, he had also sponsored or, or had a bi- helped get a bill passed for open housing in Louisville. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had had been to uh, Lexington and March uh, along, along with other uh, civil rights uh, uh, persons. Uh, they had a big march march in Frankfort. So I was aware, you know, of all of that, and the governor was very progressive. And you know, um, uh, he. Um, you know, I guess my conscious, my consciousness was there as far as the uh, the need to really make a difference, to make a change, and just the conversation with him as to what it would mean, you know, to integrate uh, the SEC and, and UK uh, athletics. Uh, that just really kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, touch my, touch my, my, my. You know, if you have the ability, if you have the athletic ability, the skills, um, the uh, aptitude, uh, those things, the character, then uh, I thought, you know, I should do something. Uh, If God gave me this ability, God put me in a position to do this, then why shouldn't I do something to make a difference, Uh, not just for African-Americans but for, um, you know, the culture and the whole uh, South? And uh, that's what... You know, kind of changed my mind. Yeah, that was, that's
1: just—I mean—and you've been before, but like you said, it was totally different when you visited this time. Uh, it, it was all business, but that was—you know—for me, even if I had been before—to be 18 and and have the governor approaching me about integrating the South and the SEC—that is wow. I mean. <laughs> That's
4: a lot for a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, one, you know, one of the things that he mentioned, and, and which was a deciding, helped to decide as well, helped me to decide, 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 was the fact that uh, he said that, you know, it's, this is going to happen. Uh, we're going to, you know, it is going to take place just a matter of time. And one of the things that helped to reassure me was that uh, him saying that, you know, you're not going to be alone. Uh in other words we're gonna be there's gonna be others uh that we're gonna sign as well. And of course as you know it wasn't very long after I signed that Greg Page from Middlesbrough, Kentucky, uh signed and they they knew that Greg was ready to to sign already, you know. So the fact that, mm. you know, I wouldn't be by myself and alone, the only only African American on the team, uh then that made a big difference as well. Exactly.
1: <clears throat> now, you mentioned, and we all knew just from, you know, reading about you and knowing about you, that you were a great all-around athlete, and you mentioned playing various different sports in the summertime. And uh, But which which sport was your best and which sport did you like? What Let's say which sport was your first love and which one came to you the most naturally, I guess. I
0: would
4: say, I would say that... Um... Football came most naturally um I think my dad played football, my older brother played football and uh he was a um, um tremendous running back you know uh in junior high school there at seneca um, um we we um baseball was a sport that I learned to to love um uh, but probably from eight or nine, ten years old, I've always played football, sandlot, and so I just naturally could, you know, you know, have the vision, like could see, and, and the quickness, and uh, we didn't play, you know, pop Warner or, or, or that type of thing. But you know, it was, it was just strictly sandlot; it no equipment. So you, you learn to kind of move to get out of the way and not be tackled. So uh, that kind of came natural for me, and, and I about enjoyed baseball. I guess basketball was the toughest, I think, the most uh, toughest game to play. Um, so I didn't play a lot of basketball as far as practicing and all of that. But uh, I think baseball may have been my best sport, you know. Uh, so, uh, uh, but I didn't really follow up on that, you know, after, after high school. So I played in high school but not in college. But football, I think, was um, more naturally my natural gift.
3: Right. Um,
1: I know that um, in the articles about you and things like that, especially with your teammate, Paul Karam, uh, who's doing a lot to spearhead the documentary, he mentioned the the Conridge Holloway documentary they put out on ESPN where he was the first African-American to play quarterback in the SEC. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Also, you had... Perry Wallace at Vanderbilt, the first African-American basketball player in the SEC, mm-hmm. uh, had had you – and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like to me that maybe Perry's story has maybe gotten a little bit more publicity or received more attention than yours. Do you feel that way, and have you ever got a chance to meet and talk with Perry?
4: Um. Yeah, I, I would I would agree that you know Perry Wallace's uh, uh, story has been more widely known, you know, than than, than me, than mine. Uh, when I say mine. I also include Greg Page. Uh, because mm-hmm. people have a tendency to kind of forget about Greg, you know. Uh, really, I guess because I, I was the first, you know, to sign. And of course, uh, due to Greg's unfortunate accident in practice, where he broke his neck, and uh, died before he could play, uh, watch the game because he played. Uh, we played together as a as freshman, but of course, they they didn't include the freshman schedule as being, you know, officially, um, 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 you know, integrating the the, the, the conference. As uh, freshman games did not count towards your, you know. Conference record and all of that. But Greg and I played together as freshmen, so Greg has just, got, just gotten as well. But but um, Perry Wallace signed uh, the basketball scholarship. I guess a few months probably, if not a little bit longer after I did. And I remember you know, very vividly when he when he did uh, uh, sign the uh, his letter of intent to play basketball. So. Um, Obviously, the big difference was that I did not, you know, that I didn't finish at the U.K., um, you know, played, stayed there for two years and transferred. So that made a difference. I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, if I had I stayed there and, and, and played the entire four years, then I, that would have been, uh, I think that's the big difference between myself and Perry, because Perry was a, obviously a tremendous basketball player that U.K. had recruited as well. You know, to play basketball right. in the UK, and uh, being from Nashville, Tennessee, he chose Vanderbilt. Um, so um, that's that's the big difference. He was very successful. You know, a basketball player uh, there in SEC. and, and uh, uh, you know, naturally, he, he should get the you know credit for for what he accomplished. And I haven't met him. I did meet a writer at one of the book fairs that wrote a story about him. And uh, about the, his integration of the, of the basketball program there at Vanderbilt and SEC. So I did meet, you know, um, 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 I guess his biographer. All right.
1: And I can I can see how that, like you said, when you when you explained it that way, how maybe uh, where he he did continue his career at Vanderbilt, but you had extremely extenuating circumstances as to, you know, surrounding uh the transfer with the passing of Mr. Page and, and everything. So that's,
4: mm-hmm. I can understand now that you now that you lay it out that way for sure. All right. Oh um, yeah, I think that if if I, and, you know that that's something that I cover in my book as well, is that you know, um you know we can always say if this had happened, if that had happened, uh what would have taken place and there's you no know, so no doubt that Greg was a uh, a great player, you know. Uh, and there has been a lot of great players that have come to UK, you know, uh uh over the years. Uh, a lot of talented football players, basketball players. Uh, because my brother played in UK, uh, Kenny, uh, after me about six years later. He played on that team with the last team that uh, the team that won the super the uh peach bowl. Uh with Derek yeah, Rams okay. quarterback and all of that. And of course Ken has uh, had, he had an unfortunate accident uh during the summer uh that kind of uh, uh um you know derailed his 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 ability to really get out there and mix it up and play uh but he had tremendous speed <laughs> and uh ended up uh uh ended up uh, running track and lettering in track for, i think for three or four years one of the best in s c c so uh, uh, so he had world class speed, uh, but um, so there have been tremendous players there. UK Greg was a tremendous player, and and I guess when I look back, you know, and we all kind of look back, have hand fight and all that, and, and we just think, you know, what would have happened if we had, you know, if, if Greg had not had that unfortunate accident, and I actually tore my mm-hmm. shoulder uh, out of the socket as a freshman. And re-injured it as a sophomore, so I could not perform up to you know, my capabilities as well. But if we had, you know, been able to stay there, you know, and uh, other guys came in like Wilbur and, and uh, Houston, and we continued on, there's no telling how good we could have been, could have become. Uh, but you know, those things, uh, life, life is like that. It happens, and uh, you have to keep going. And uh, yeah, for years, and I, I could not really even. You know, talk about uh, what we're talking about now that much. I just kind of want to let it go. You know, and mm-hmm. writing the book a few years ago uh, it was it was a therapy for me. It was, um, you know, something I was able to release some of the emotion, and um, so it was very very uh, uh, cathartic. You know, uh, writing the book was able to get me to do that. And as you mentioned, Paul Paul Kerm and some of the other teammates have uh, stepped forward, you know, and they felt like that we, uh, they really were instrumental in in, um, uh, promoting, um, um, you know, the statue that they, the U.K., eventually, you know, did for us this past year. And uh, Mitch Barnhart, of course, bought into it very, very well. He wasn't aware of the story. uh, Even after being in the U.K. for 15 years, people just didn't talk about it. So there's a lot of... Uh, athletes that have come through UK, I'm sure, they never even knew. <laughs> Unfortunately, if you can believe that or not, that UK was the first, you know, to integrate the SEC. So it's been it, something that's kind of they, been in the background. Yeah.
2: And I, I feel bad that I was out of the loop on this myself. Uh, I was talking to Vinny, I think, when the statues went up last year, this was a piece that I didn't know. You know, mm-hmm. we hear a lot of negative things when it comes to, to UK and integration mm-hmm. and Growing up in Louisville, we we know what we hear, but I didn't know this story, your story, until recently, and I feel bad about that, that we haven't done enough to say, you know, UK was kind of at the forefront on some things.
4: Yes, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, it it was kind of natural that uh, Kentucky, and that's what the governor mentioned as well, Governor Brett, is that, you know, some of the other universities was ready really to integrate you know, some of those schools, they had tremendous African-American athletes <laughs> uh, in Florida and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Alabama and those places. They was kind of chomping at the bits to really uh, get those to stay home rather than going to the Gramblings and the Tennessee States and those places, uh, All right. you know, uh, and, and are going to the Big Ten. Uh, but they couldn't do it because of they needed, uh, you know, Kentucky, the northern Coast school. Uh, where there was less uh, resistance uh, with the alumni and with the, you know, uh, university uh, to really uh, break the barrier first. So it was just a matter of time that, like you said, uh, and so Kentucky was pushing to do it for a couple of years and uh, they didn't do it in basketball, so they turned, I guess, to football. And, um, you know, uh, I feel honored that they, and grateful that they, Felt that I was had that type of uh, ability and um, you know character and um, um, so so we did it you know and, and uh, just thankful you know uh, Greg Page said in his um, questionnaire that they asked him uh, when he went to the university and when he signed the questionnaire asked him he said why, why did you choose to come to UK? And he said, "I wanted to play uh, football, you know, UK, so that other uh, uh, and the word he used was Negro, <laughs> uh, but this was in 1965, 66, uh, that other Negro um, uh, players, you know, uh, uh, could play ball here as well. And so, you know, we feel grateful that, you know, when we look at the TV now and we see the SEC." I mean, what do we see? I mean, when you see Mississippi and Alabama and Florida and yeah. Louisiana, and those schools with predominantly African American ballplayers. So it makes me feel good that, and what Greg was saying in UK as well. When I go there and and I see the diversity and all the uh, you know what has what has transpired, as far as me to even look back and believe that you know that I was really you know we were instrumental in, in, in accomplishing that you know. Uh, so in my lifetime, I can say that we we did that, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful to everybody that was involved in that. Absolutely. We're talking with uh, former U.K. running back,
1: SEC Trailblazer, first African-American playing the SEC, Nate Northington. I just got a couple more quick ones because I know uh got to let you go here in just a minute, Mr. Northington. Um Mm-hmm. You mentioned your older brothers coming before you. You mentioned your younger brother Kenny playing at UK uh,
0: mm-hmm. on the
1: Peach Bowl winning team. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was the best athlete out of all
3: of you? you know,
4: all of you are good, <laughs> but who, who, was
3: the, who was the baddest now?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get that question a lot sometimes. Uh, it's tough to say. It, it's tough to say because I think that. And a lot of people told me, they said, now you, she said, said, you have, you had the most uh, um, versatility as far as playing Mm -hmm. basketball and football and baseball and track. And uh, Kenny was probably the fastest, just outright speed. You know, he's running about a 9.6 hundred in high school under your dad, Mm -hmm. so he was probably the fastest (laughs) of all of us. Uh, Maybe. But my older, older brother was very fast too, but I don't think he ever got time, you know. And uh, uh, I went to a ball game. This is in the book as well. I'll tell you about it real quick, though. He went to a ball ga- I went to a ball game one time, and he was uh, like a sophomore, a junior, sophomore, I guess, in, in high school, maybe a freshman over at Seneca. And uh, I heard about how good he was, and I'm I'm just I'm about three years behind him. So I go over there, and they said, man, so you, you missed it. He just ran a punt back for a touchdown. Well, he ran back two punts for a touchdown. And
0: then
4: as soon as, as, soon as I got there, he just, the guy the ball, he ran back another punt for a touchdown.
0: So he was good.
4: And then because my brother Mike, I don't know if you know about Mike or not, he, he played at Purdue, okay? Six years before he recruited me, Mike was a high school All-American at TJ, uh, had the county the, uh, city scoring record on, on touchdowns, and uh, he ended up going to Purdue for four years. He played for, uh, as a freshman, okay, he broke the Big Ten record, tied it five touchdowns in one game as a freshman, and uh, went on to to uh, be drafted by the uh, Redskins. So uh, oh, that's nice. a tough question. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question, but I, I would say that we all were good, of course, but uh, I was probably the most versatile. Uh, Mike probably was the best as for as his overall quickness and, you know, uh, scat back, you know, ability and all of that. So uh, I, I would put it that way.
1: Okay. And my last quick question, Uh, we've we've talked about how your story of yourself, Mr. Page, Mr. Hackett, Mr. Hogg, should have gotten more attention through the years. Uh, It's receiving attention now with the statue. Uh, Commissioner Sanky referenced you all at the beginning of SEC Media Days down in Hoover this summer. Um, So you kind of got a little bit of a taste of some recognition but you're also going to be recognized in December in Atlanta at the SEC Championship game.
0: Mm-hmm. How
1: do you think that's going to be? You, you've seen what it's like to, to get some recognition. How do you think it'll be there in Atlanta? You think it'll, it'll be equal? You think it'll be even more? Or how are you kind of looking
0: forward to it?
4: Oh man, I can't. I can't even imagine.
0: <laughs> I can't. I can't really
4: imagine what what it's going to be like, you know. Because, uh, you know, I, I just never. I never dreamed that it would come down to to this, you know, uh, being being recognized by the SEC uh, after all these years is uh, something I didn't think would, have, would ever happen. Not that I dreamed that it would happen. That, that I thought it, that it should happen, but. I think it's going to be uh, off the chart. You know, it's going to be tremendous. Uh, That's going to be my feelings. My absolutely,
3: and
1: it's it's very well deserved. It's 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 definitely well deserved. Uh, uh, Do it past due, but it's good to see better late than never. Uh, You deserve all. uh, of the recognition that you've gotten and will still get. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and all the listeners go and get the book still running, and everybody can follow you on Twitter at NateSEC underscore first. So, uh, Mr. Northington, we can't tell you how honored we were to have you on our little show uh, this evening to take time uh, out of your Wednesday evening to move things around. To come on with us, we we really 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 appreciate
4: it. Okay, well thank you thank you Veni and thank you Terry and I really appreciate you all having me on, and um, um, you know uh, I'm I'm just I'm just happy that I'm able to, um, you know experience this at this particular time, and uh, it's tremendous and uh, I'm grateful for the recognition, and you know of course I just have one regret. And, and, you know, that is that. A great page. is not here to mm-hmm. enjoy it as well. But I'm glad for his family, his brother and his family, that they're getting their recognition as well. So uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, God bless you. Thank
2: you, sir. Thank you very much. We appreciate it.
4: All right. Thank you, welcome. Mr.
2: Norlington.
1: Have a you're good welcome.
4: evening, sir. Thank you. You too. God bless. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. Mr. Nate Norris and Terry Brown. How good was
2: that?
0: <laughs> and we've we, we said it so I many like times but <laughs> you know, and ahead, I do I ahead. feel bad
2: for, for not for not knowing his story sooner, but some of those names he was saying like Sherman Lewis and, and those those guys. My dad used to talk about those guys. Uh when wow. I was growing up. Uh my dad was born in nineteen thirty seven uh here in Louisville. So, you know, it's it's not to get off on too much of a tangent, but I've actually had conversations with with Derek Anderson and a lot of other folks growing up black in Louisville and going to UK. Like I said, I know what it was like for for myself in the 90s. I can only imagine what it was like in the 60s. And still today there's this connotation that that we are marching off to – (laughs) <laughs> you, that, that, you, you know you, I, I don't want to spell it out too much But there's this connotation Why would you go to UK And this story mm-hmm. Mr. Nordenton's story needs to be told So folks don't think that Glory Road Defines the University of Kentucky yeah. No and, and I just I love that he touched on That there was a Concerted effort to integrate U.K., the governor, the school president. So all these folks that want to tell you that U.K. has always been racist, you know, Rupp was a racist, just everything about U.K. is a racist, well, wait a minute, that's not necessarily the case. So I'm glad that we were able to to get that, to get his experiences uh, about that, but it – you know, when we have a great guest on, we can just sit back and let them do their thing. That makes it easier uh, for us and educational for everybody. So I, I'm definitely honored about that.
3: Absolutely,
1: and one thing I wanted to ask him because, I like you said that that thought process of you know African Americans from Louisville that go to UK, I don't. It's, maybe it hasn't even changed. Maybe it was worse. Maybe or not. But Back when Mr. Northington went to Kentucky and then for several years thereafter, the rivalry maybe wasn't what it is now because they didn't play. They didn't start playing in basketball until 83. But I guess that thought has still, regardless whether they played or not, that was still the mindset because you're talking about the same thing happening in the 90s with yourself and Derrick Anderson Talking about the same thing. People in Louisville were like looking at you funny. Why are you going to the UK? They didn't even play each other. When Mr. Northington went to Kentucky, but yet the thought was still there. Why? Why are you going to the UK for?
4: So, you
2: know. It, yeah, and 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 that's. Let me. I'll be honest. Everybody knows. Longtime listeners know. I grew up a Louisville fan. Mama Brown, Brown. <laughs> Papa Brown, my brothers went to U of L. Cousins, family all went to U of L. You know, I. Freedom Hall, you know, I'll tell you some of my favorite basketball memories of going to Freedom Hall, my earliest basketball uh, memory of uh, watching Milt Wagner hit the free throws in the 1986 Final Four. I was a Louisville, Louisville person. And when I decided to go right. to UK, for me, it was like, I'm just going to go, but I'm still going to be a Cardinal guy. You know, I'm just going up for school. But it was the backlash I received. From friends and family alike On why are you going to UK And then when I get to UK And I've heard all this stuff about How it's pretty much uh, University uh, The the clan is there And all this kind of stuff And I get there And I meet all yeah. kinds of warm and inviting people Of all races From all over yeah. the earth And I say to myself right. It's not that bad
0: I haven't had <laughs> these things
2: happen to me I was there for five years and enjoyed every single day. Uh, there's this, I don't know why we continue to have this mindset uh, of what UK is and, and is not, but uh, I love my university. That's my school, and, and I'm off my soapbox now, but I get a little passionate about that when, when, I, kinda, when I hear that.
1: Right, right. Well, man, this is, I mean, like you said, we we have guests on the show, and we just, after it's over, how good was that? And, I mean, <laughs> when we said it last week, it it was going to be, we told everybody, you know, this guest is one of those, another one of those, honored to have him on. It's going to be awesome to talk to them, you know, much the same way, uh, you got know, Derek Ramsey, Sonny Collins, uh, you know, Dick Vitale, and now we got Mr. Nate Norrington on the show, uh, and now joined on Facebook Live, so appreciate that as well. And like you mentioned, he said he was was going to come on and was letting us know, let me know what dates would work best, and even listened to some shows before coming on. So I mean, you know, he, he checked us out before he came on, and still came on. So how about that, Terry?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I was talking to I was talking to my my uncle, my my mom's uh, brother, and. Uh, uh, my aunt, uh, my aunt and uncle came up last week to visit. And, you know, he's asking about the show. They listened to the show there in Memphis and just talking to him. And I said, you know, when we first started, I'm pretty sure probably the first maybe six months, you know, we're on show 150. So I'm going to say that probably the, the first 30 to 40 shows, it was just the two of us talking to each other. <laughs> and, again <laughs> <and, you know, laughs> so... Uh, The the fact that that, that we have people that listen uh, means a lot. Uh, I've been stopped, uh, you know, when I went to the Eastern game uh, a couple of weeks ago, Uh, you know, enjoy the show, you know, listen to your show, that kind of thing. Hey, that that doesn't give me the big head. That just makes me say, whoa, you know, people are appreciating uh, what we're doing and then when you get folks like Mr. Norton that are listening, that, that just, woo. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, means, exactly. We've got to do, got to do good. And, and you've been better about the technical difficulties. So we're heading in the right direction.
1: That's, that's, all, that's all I'm trying. We'll progress from week to week That's all I'm trying. And speaking of technical <laughs> difficulties, I'm about to try to avoid one right now because we're going to take us a quick break, and I'm going to call our next guest, former UK D-lineman Joey Couch, uh, and we'll get him on for a few minutes and um, keep the conversation going. Talk a little U.K., Florida, uh, and the Cats go to 4-0, and get his thoughts on that D-line because you know he's been watching it like a hawk. So this is Cats Talks Wednesday, Vinny Hardy, Terry Brown, Brandon Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Stay right with us. We'll be right back and hope to have former U.K. D-lineman Joey Couch on the line when we return.
0: Everything that happens to me I love it I love it I love it Everything that happens to me I love it I've got my mind made up I love it I love it I've got my mind made up
5: I love the fact that my trials and
0: tribulations act as a filtration for disloyal women who lack patience. I tell a girl, I'm a. I'm a. Not because I'm proud of it, just so she can see the fine print. So, miss me with that line This is what my life is. My rapping can't become more positive until my life is. Ugh. So, I'm in and out of traps and that my head. I back smile and put it on the track because everything is happy for me. I love it. I love it, I love it, everything that happens to me, I love it, I've come on my mama everything that happens to me, I love it, I love it, I love it, everything that happens to me, I love it, I've come on my mama
1: Welcome back to Cats Talk Wednesday. Vinnie Hardy, Terry Brown, Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. We just had former U.K. running back, SEC pioneer, Mr. Nate Northington, on with us, and just honored to talk to him. And now we, uh, barring any technical difficulties on my part, Hope to have our second guest of the evening on, who will make his second appearance on our show. We're talking about none other than former UK defensive lineman Joey Couch, the king of Paintsville, Kentucky. Joey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are
3: you guys doing tonight?
2: <laughs>
3: we at, are three zero.
2: I'm feeling great.
3: <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about, man? We are rolling. I'm telling that's you, that's what the I'm Cat saying. Nation is rolling. I'm telling you, I I, I I'm I am uh it's just amazing how excited everybody is and uh I, I'm telling you what, man, I can't wait wait s till Saturday night. It's gonna be live. It's gonna be pumped in there.
1: Man, I mean
3: uh, just your your this, thoughts this tick, on
0: everything.
3: This ticket's hotter this ticket's hotter than the McGregor and uh Mayweather, man. <laughs> That's right,
1: <laughs> that's right, and and you just spent an a, a easy ten grand and went to that just out of your your little spare change, right? You were in Vegas for that though, you know, a couple months ago, right?
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man, I'd take this ticket any day over that. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not kidding, man. When when that game ended down in South Carolina. I bet I got about seven texts right off the bat. Hey, man, can you get me some tickets? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, now, sir.
3: Yes, sir.
1: Now, a, a lot of, I don't know, maybe around people that you know, you went from a, a lot of people who incorrectly were were mad about 2-0 because they weren't impressive. In their wins, and now everybody's on cloud nine after beating South Carolina. What were your thoughts on the the Southern Miss game and the Eastern game uh, before they, you know, beat South Carolina last week?
3: Well, I mean, you know, guys, 2-0 zero, two 2-0. I mean, you go on the road and win at at, uh, at Southern Miss, which is no cupcake by any means, you know. You know they've got players and – you know they're athletic, and and anytime you can go on the road and get a win, man, is is huge. And uh, you know, with 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 the Eastern game, I knew it was going to be a tough game, guys. Those guys had thirty four guys that had signed D one scholarships, so you know you're not they weren't a bunch of chumps out there, that's for sure. And and that's the biggest game of the year by far. And so you know you're going to get their best punch, and uh, and you know it. It's, it is what it is, man. A win's a win today. It, uh, there's not a whole lot of difference. There's some difference, man. But when you when you're talking one double A today or whatever they call it, uh, you know, with these scholarship reductions, they're still excellent, excellent football players. So, man, a win's a win, and, uh, and it sure beats the uh, you know sitting here one and one, you know, going into the South Carolina game. We we did what we had to do. Took care of business and. And here we are sitting 3-0, and you know, kind of uh, right where we need to be with probably one of the biggest games that, that Kentucky's had in several years right now. Yeah. And and match
1: up very well in that one, too,
3: wouldn't you say? As as this I think we stuff. match up I, absolutely, guys. I tell you what, I am really excited about this team. And, and I said it before the season, I – I think we're right where we need to be. Um, you know, Coach Stoops is this is a workmanlike team. Uh, you know, nothing flashy, but you know, I knew when when Moser went down, you know, in the preseason that it was going to take some time for for that old line to kind of come back together and and get things back in order because he he was a he was a man, and uh, that was a big injury, and I knew it'd take a little bit of while, but. I knew this defense was going to be special, and uh, and you know I talked to you a little bit before the season about how excited I was about the the D line, and you know everybody had so many big question marks, but guys, you can see see these guys, they you know they have stepped up to the next level, and and uh, it's just fun to watch. We are. We we've got some depth now, and you know these guys are believing in the system, and uh, and the D line is getting after it. I mean, you know, we're I think we're starting the country right now against the run, man. And when you can stop yes. the run and force force the pass, you know we've got some pretty good DBs back there too. There's no doubt about it. And we're talking with former UK D-line lineman Joey Couch.
1: How about that D line, Joey? Now when you were on with us. This- Over the summer, you said, um, we talked about Derek LeBlanc, and you immediately said, you said, I like him, I like him. I was at the spring game, talked to my fellow Mm -hmm. Cumberland Redskin, George Massey, I know he won't mind me saying it, said the same thing. We talked about Derek LeBlanc. He said, I've met him. He said, I like him, I like him. Both of you guys played the position. What is it about him that caught your eye or let you know that, he was going to come in and and uh, make strides and and do good work just in just off a of meeting.
3: Well, you know, I had a chance to you know the meeting personally. I liked uh, I liked just the way he carried himself, and then I also liked the way he interacted with the guys. He's a very stern guy, but he's a very loving guy too. You know, he doesn't he doesn't mind to to, to kick you in the butt a little bit, but he'll put his arm around you and. And hug you and love you and uh, and you know when when you care about a coach and you you know you you earn their respect. If if you've got respect for that guy, you'll be willing to to, to really get after it, put yourself out there for him, and uh, and that's you know just some of the small things I saw. And I I knew that just the energy that he brought out on that football field was going to make a difference for this D line. Give
1: us your your. Thoughts and your reaction when you were Watching those third and short Stops and those fourth and one Stops that Kentucky kept
3: Consistently getting against South Carolina Well guys It it kind of reminded me a little bit Back in the Claiborne days you know The bend but don't break uh, mentality And uh, you know Those are guys you know those are Situations guys that uh, You know when you get in those situations And you can make plays Like that those are those are guys that are, they know what they're doing. They're, they're motivated and, uh, you know, their alignment's right and their assignment's right and they're attacking and not thinking, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we just got guys just stepping up right and left, you know, you got, you got, uh, you know, supposedly our best uh, tackler that uh, missed the game the other night. One of our best players, there's no doubt about it on defense, but Eli Brown stepped up and, uh, Man, just had a great game. And then uh, Boogie Watson comes in there on that fourth down, and, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he had to take his red shirt off of him, but he was right in on that play on that fourth down down on the goal line. And, you know, those are the kind of things that, man, when you when you see that kind of stuff happening, you know the program's headed in the right direction.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. And your thoughts on Matt Edel, too. We talked about Matt over the summer when you came on with us. And then, you know, you start the season at Southern Miss, and he's out there for a lot of plays. And they're kind of going pretty quick as far as tempo is concerned. You see him out there against South Carolina batting down passes, you know, multiple passes, squatting passes. You couldn't get to the quarterback, get his hands in the passing lane. I know you've been watching the whole group like a hawk, but give us your thoughts on him and and any of the other guys that have have been you know kind of jumping out to you.
3: Well, I just think the whole group, man. I mean, you know, Elam even on that on that fourth down play. I mean, he's he's down low, and they were trying to pull a guard out, and he took the center and and knocked him back in the backfield, and and actually messed the pull up. And that, you know, they didn't have the guy out there that was supposed to be leading the play. And that, you know, people don't see that, but I saw it. And, you know, it, it, that's huge. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that uh, is the difference between having a a, a decent team and, and having a, a really, really solid team, man. I mean, you know, he didn't make the play, but he was a big part of making that play down there. And, uh, you know, what I see from this group, man, is, is everybody's executing and, and, and taking care of their assignments. And uh, when you got that and they're playing, they're just solid, man. I mean, they just thought they're solid. Uh, the coach staff, you can tell, has got these guys coached up. And most of all, man, they believe. They believe in themselves. And uh, even, uh, you know, when we flip over an offensive side, uh, you know, with Steven Johnson, he's just a winner, man. And, uh, and and Benny Snell and that offensive line's coming together. Receivers are making catches. You know we're we're not dropping those passes that that killed us in the past. I mean, because you know, man, we're, we're, those are the kind of things you got to do, especially on the road, man. You you got to make the plays when they're available, and uh, you know that's what we did on Saturday night, and that's why we're sitting here at three and zero with a chance, a really really good chance. To beat Florida on Saturday, I believe. Have you gotten Once a they, chance to watch noticed, Florida? Yes, I've watched Florida. I, you know, Florida's going to beat Florida. They got athletes, but, you know, I, I really like our chances guys. I, I, I do. Uh, I think that this team's, uh, I think they're going to, they're going to step up and, and, uh, meet the challenge Saturday night and, uh, and that's what, it's going to be off the chains at Commonwealth, man, I, or I guess Kroger Field now. But uh, I, just, I just think big things are going, going to have, go down on Friday night or on Saturday night. Go ahead, TV. I not mean to cut you off, man. No, no you're good. I, I do. To, to I, I feel like, man, Saturday night, we're going to let it all hang out, man. Are you there?
2: Yeah, go ahead, Steve. I'm I'm here. Can you hear me? I've been having some phone issues.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. The the one thing that I've noticed over the last, you know, season and a couple of games with the football team is we've all seen where we've been playing a game, something happens, a turnover, the other team gets something, whatnot, and you get that shoulder slump. You get that shaking of the head and, and, you know, Everybody kind of seems down. That was the one thing that I had, particularly against South Carolina. That didn't happen. You know, the the first wow. two plays kind of go as as bad as they can go, but they fought back, and and that is something that yeah. is. I mean that that's that's exciting, you know. If you can if you can that's fight all back I do, on, a, man. On, that's on the hour, yeah, yeah, on the on the road against a team that you know. They were hungry. I mean, it's an SEC road game. It's South Carolina under the lights, and they fought back, and that's that's a good thing.
3: Oh, that's a big thing, man. You know, Coach coach says it don't flinch. I, I You know, I, I, that's, you know, one of the biggest things I gathered from that game the other night. You know, you get the, the first play of the game. They come out and, and throw a, a, a little slant there, and he goes all the way. And then our first two possessions, we have two turnovers, and we didn't bat an eye man that's what and that that's incredible i mean we we hunted down and and got out of that situation and then we went to work man and uh and and that i think just that took the crowd out of the game that just I think South Carolina knew from that first quarter on they were in trouble. Yeah, Kentucky controlled the game
1: after that, you know. I mean they control everything after
3: those first couple oh, of right. opening minutes. Absolutely. I mean you look at the time of the possession of that game, it was it was something like thirty eight to twenty two, something like that. And uh, you know, I just I mean, you know, I of course you get nervous a little bit during the game, you know, later on there. They get within seven, but, you know, what Kentucky do, they just drove the ball down the field. Steven Johnson makes a huge play on a third down, runs it down to the 10. We kick a field goal, and, hey, man, it's time to celebrate. Absolutely.
1: Now, for you personally, when when you were playing, uh, talking a lot about the defensive line, when you look across the line of scrimmage in the trenches, did it matter to you what type of offensive lineman you were facing? Did you prefer the big, huge guys, or would you rather be a smaller, quicker guy? Did it
3: matter as far as
1: what type of lineman that you were going up against?
3: It didn't really matter, man. I mean, you know, they are what they are. You know, with this conference, you're going against the best of the best. And, uh, you know those quicker guys with good feet work were always tough, but uh, you know I, I just think this team is, is is and what what I love about uh, what LeBlanc's brought in is that they just they look fundamentally sound. Uh, they they play hard. They you know that, that's that's the you know in the trenches, man. You know that that's where it's won and lost, and these guys are, are attacking. And uh, you know they got their they're there's no movement. They're not getting back into the linebackers. Those linebackers are free to make plays, and you know when you got that kind of action going on on the D line, uh, you good things are going to happen.
1: Definitely, definitely. Do you go to to every home game, Joey? Because Terry and I get to get the cover game from time to time for Cameron Mills Radio. Uh, are you going to be at every home game? Because if you are, I definitely got to look you up when I get up there
3: to some games. You know, this year. I I do as much as I can, and I've got a, I, My older son plays at Center College, so you know uh, sometimes I get some conflict there in, in the uh, in in the games. But uh, I'm at, at all I can. That's for sure. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so I will definitely be at some. I'll shoot you a text or something that Friday
1: or something. See if you're gonna
3: be there. Yeah, so it looks like I'm gonna to get to go anytime, to a couple of them this year. Absolutely. I did, anytime you all want to get together up at a game, you holler at me on Friday and I'll let you know if I'm gonna be there. Okay. Um,
1: my dad is listening too, and because you know we're we're from just down the road from Paintsville, we're from Harlan County. My dad's listening to Lynch. I told him you were gonna be yeah. on. And uh, he was telling me, you know, when we all knew already, but what, a, what an athlete you were, how bad you were back in high school. He remembers you from Paintsville. <laughs> I didn't get to ask yeah. you when we had you on a, a couple of months ago, but tell us, just give us a little quick scout report of Joey Couch, the basketball player. What was your game like?
3: <laughs> well, my dad was a, was really a good basketball player. Man, my dad played for probably one of the most famous teams in Kentucky he played for Car Creek, you know, when they won it in 1956. And then, uh, then he wanted, uh, he won a national championship at UK in 1958. So, uh, and then I had an uncle that was on that 56 team that went to UC and, uh, played with big O and they, they won a national championship two times while right. he was there. So, you know, I, I come from a basketball family, I and mean, then my brother was an all-American. He he ended up playing at West Point for Coach K, and uh, I was the first guy. I was I was kind of like the uh, the uh, the black sheep of the family. I I was the first one to play football in college, so you know. But I loved to hoop it up, man. There's no doubt about it. I played with uh, John Pelfrey, and we you know we played for a real small school here at Paintsville. But we had four D1 kids on that kid on that school we on that team there. My senior year, we were ranked number one just about all year, and uh, we had a guy named uh, Mike Mix who went to Vanderbilt and played high school, and then Keith Atkins went to Notre Dame and played basketball, and of course John went to UK and played basketball, and myself I went to UK and played football. Hey man, like I said, it's painful. Payson was doing it now. Y'all had some talent coming out of there for sure. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, Lynch. I I got a lot of memories from Lynch because, uh, you know, of course I I roomed with Freddie and my and actually, my dad and Freddie grew up together and were on the same team there at Cart Creek and uh and and I you know we played the car we played Cumberland in high school. Uh, of course, uh, uh you know Freddie might get a cell hurt a little bit but we went over to Cumberland there that year my my <laughs> junior year we went to state and uh had, had a pretty good game over there at Cumberland I think we won like a 35-7 but you oh know, Cumberland oh. yeah uh yeah so I got <laughs> stopped and uh my boy actually plays at Paintsville now and they're rated number one and uh and they went over to Harlan the first game of the year and I stopped and. Uh, got to see Cumberland and, uh, you know, had a lot of great memories there, that's for sure. But, but Lynch is one of my favorite places, man. We used to go up there when they had the LIT and, and had a good time with all those guys from up at Lynch and heard about all the tradition and and all the, you know, the great things that Lynch was able to accomplish back in the day for sure. Yeah, that's all right. Have to get you on and talk about that too um,
1: but man, like I said, I, I would definitely text you and, and if Terry and I get to cover some games from time to time. We kind of rotate all the writers on the site, but, uh, yeah. we'll definitely have to, to catch you at a game and we we'll definitely have to get you on again. Uh, we talked about it over the summer, have you on three or four games into the season three or four weeks from now, I got to get you on again, right? Cause this, the excitement about the team is just continuing to grow every week and we love having you and we appreciate you always taking the time. To give us
3: the insight. Hey, guys, I, I really appreciate it. I love UK, man, and I, I'm really excited about this team, and and uh, I'm excited about the rest of the year, and, and we'll see how it plays out. But I, I feel real good about where where the Cats are headed this year for sure. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much,
1: Joey, and I can't wait to have you on again,
3: man. Anytime, man. Yeah, we all appreciate- have a good one, okay? Thanks.
1: All hey, right. thank thanks you a lot lot.
3: for having me on, man. We'll do it again soon, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Go no Big Blue. See you guys. All right. That's
1: former UKD lineman Joey Couch, second guest of the evening. And we will roll right into our third guest of the evening. We went from the front seven. Now we're going to get the back four covered. He will be making his first appearance on the show, former UKDB, also spent time with the Chicago Bears. We have Mr. Van House joining us. Van, thank you for taking the time to be on. You got great initials, VH, from one VH to another. Thank you for taking the time to be on our show.
5: I appreciate it, fellas. I appreciate you guys asking me to come on.
1: Man, I, I, I had to to shoot your message and, and see, because I saw on Twitter just some of your conversations with Anthony White. I mean, we've had him on several times and, and you were just dropping knowledge in your tweets, talking about the secondary, talking about this, talking about that. And I was like, Well, all he can do is tell me no. I said I at least gotta ask Mr. Howells if he can come on the show and talk some
5: football with us. <laughs> I I I I'm 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 not a Heisman trophy winner, so I wasn't gonna Heisman you guys like that. No. I I love I love talking football and I definitely love talking big blue football all day.
1: Absolutely, man, and I, we definitely got to talk about how the team is doing, and get your thoughts on Florida. But I just want to just backtrack to maybe the recruiting process and how uh, a guy from Baton Rouge makes his way to Lexington. Who 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 was offering you, and how did it go? And as far as the decision to come to Lexington back in the nineties.
5: Yeah, it's crazy, man. I... It was it was God's doing, as as I say. Um, it's a, it's a weird thing because originally uh, the guy who got me to um, University of Kentucky is Mike Archer. So, Coach Archer was coach at LSU when I was a kid. So I had a little connection with him that way. And Coach Archer was actually at University of um, Virginia as a linebacker coach. Now my high school coach knew him and that was our connection. So um, my recruiting was actually I was intending on going to University of Southern Mississippi. Um, I'm, I'm a mama's boy, so to speak, so I wanted to be close to home, but far enough where my mom couldn't come visit me every day, you know. So it was a couple <laughs> hours away, so it was, it was just a little distance. So um, <laughs> the thing that happened is I went to Southern Miss, um with intentions on probably committing and I found out that they didn't have a mechanical engineering uh field. Mm. So mm. it kind of took me back a little bit and at the same time coach Archer was offered the coordinator job at Kentucky. So Kentucky came on board late in, late in the the whole the whole recruiting process. I went to Mississippi state um uh, where else I go I went a couple other places Southern Miss and one more and um, I was like I think I like Southern Miss more um, until I went to Kentucky it was the only trip I didn't go with my parents and my mom was like ah, I know he's not going to go there well I came back <laughs> <laughs> I, I talked to my dad I'm like pops I think I think I found the place was like no I'm like can you tell mom <laughs> so he broke the subject. He broke the subject, and um, and um, that's how it went down. I told her she was not the happiest, but it was it was all for the best.
3: That is all right.
1: So, like you said, this that relationship you had with Coach Archer, you just followed him on to Kentucky, kind of like John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins followed Cal from Memphis to Kentucky. So similar kind of right situation. Man.
5: Right. Exactly. It was it was nice being, you know, it's twelve, thirteen hours away from home, but having someone whom I've had a relationship with. So it definitely helped. Definitely helped. That
1: was that was my that was my next question. I was sitting here Googling the distance from Baton Rouge to Lexington and that was you know, you originally planned on going two hours away so did you adjust quickly, or were you a little bit a little bit homesick, or did you were you were you cool once you got to Lexington?
5: No, I've I've um, I ran summer track for since the age of eight until I think 16. So I was traveling all the time. Traveling bothered me. Um, my my personality is is pretty easygoing, so I pretty much get along with everyone. Um, I was a quarterback in high school, so I had that ability to. To uh, draw people, so um, no, being away from home wasn't a problem at all, not at all. And plus, plus Lexington really reminds me of Baton Rouge. Okay,
1: so that was my next question. I've never been. What What is it like? I know it's not far from New Orleans, but New Orleans is a huge city. But what's what's Baton Rouge like? Because I've I've never been down here.
5: Yes, I would say it's very similar to Lexington. Um, well, Le- yeah, even now, it's it's not a really there's no real downtown. Like Lexington really doesn't have a a downtown like you think of a big cities. Um, mm-hmm. er- everybody there's there's that family feel to it. Um, so those were the two things. The, the biggest difference was obviously the the weather. That 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 took a little I- getting used to.
1: Right, right. Did you get to play at LSU in your time? I can tell you. I should have looked the schedule up from when you were playing. Did you get to play in the front of home court at Baton Rouge?
5: Okay. I played them twice. And we beat them both times at home, and we lost to them both times on the road. But, but I actually got the weird thing. I got my first college interception in Tiger Stadium.
1: And, I mean, you know, that's the that's the place as a kid. You know what I mean your your home city, your home state school, the school for Louisiana. So I mean what what's your emotions just being in the opposite locker room, dressing out in the opposite locker room, and then getting a pick against those tigers? What is what is that all like, man? Just take us through all that.
5: Well, first, uh, the biggest thing uh, two things, like I only lived, I lived like 12 minutes away from the stadium when they had that, there's this story of there was an earthquake when, I can't remember his name, through the touchdown pass to fullback. We actually felt that. Um, but growing up as a kid, I was actually a Southern University fan. My my dad okay. was actually uh, walk on there. He played a year. So I was more of a Jaguar fan than an LSU fan. The greatest thing about the interception was that I knew quite a few players on the LSU team um, from mm-hmm. playing PV football and all that stuff. So that was a nice feeling to, to show them as a reason why I left. Um, so it was, you know, it was good playing in front of family because um, that was a great thing about playing in, in the SEC is that there were games that are close to home. Even though Kentucky is so far away, um, they're the the other schools are are within driving range that so everyone can see.
3: Yeah,
1: well, that is all right. The first tweet I saw from Van that, that caught my eye, um, and everybody can follow Van on Twitter at vstyle17. I think the first one I saw is where I think it might have been at just other minutes. You notice that West Street and maybe slipped a little bit, and you were, you were kind of tweeting in detail about that. What was it that you saw, and has have things maybe gotten corrected, or has he kind of turned it around for you? Where are you at right now as far as what you're seeing from him and the rest of the guys in the secondary?
5: That's that's a tough one. I mean, playing corner is, is a rough position. People don't understand how difficult it is. Um, it's kind of like basketball for me. It's, it's confidence. It's that it's the ability to to read your keys and to make plays without second guessing yourself. The the biggest play that comes to mind, right off the top of the bat, is the um that's two the the two plays that Southern missed. The one play where it was the jump ball. Now I was on the sideline too, and I saw it all coming. And when the quarterback started scrambling and threw it up. Westry hesitated. His, his freshman year, he would have made that pick because I don't think he was thinking as much. Um, that that one was a big one, and the other one was the touchdown route. To me, is that as a as a corner, like I've said, when you get to this level, it's not all about athletic ability because everybody has. Great ability to get a scholarship to go to college, so you can stress that out to get to the next level. Which I'm thinking he's getting there, but I don't know what the holdup is. Is that you have to know the game, the the knowledge of what you see and reacting to it. They they had triples to the to the opposite side with with the back that was kind of like an H back for me. He was right on the tackle almost. Usually they motion him back to the backfield. But this time they didn't. When that happens, you have to rotate your strong side linebacker, has to go out technically between three and that H-back, and the linebacker has to shade over there, which, which leaves an obvious, obvious opening in the middle. I'll sit mm-hmm. next to the guy. I said, they're going to run a crossing route. The next level for Chris would have been to realize that and been aware that that's what they're going to attack me at. And he played outside technique, which is what you are taught to do. But when you saw that formation, that's the only route that they can run. Mm. So those two things are the ones that got me thinking that his confidence level isn't there. Because there's sometimes the coach tells you to do something. He has a plan. He has, this is how we run the coverage. But your confidence says, okay, I know they're going to run an in route. Let me shade a little bit. And at least cover that because the linebacker isn't going to get there. Right. That's all.
3: So just
1: just some little things that you just being a step ahead or already doing your right. work before the snap, I guess. Doing your work before the snap.
5: Exactly. Exactly. Um, formations dictate a lot. I'm sure Coach Stoops is, is giving them tendencies and – what they normally do on third down or whatever, I'm sure they they have flooded those guys with their information. Now it's time to translate that onto Saturday.
3: That makes a lot of sense,
1: speaking of uh well as a as a whole you know the, the first three games your, your thoughts you know three and O this time last year, they were one and two, of course they you know turned it around, but three and O going into Florida week. Trying to snap that 30-game losing streak. So, your thoughts on everything thus far, and and the way the matchups play out this coming Saturday.
5: Um, I we we got three Ws. There's I can never complain about three Ws. Um, the the Southern Miss game. I was actually at the Southern Miss game. Um, I thought it, I thought it was a good game. I I think we underestimate how good Southern Miss defense really is. I mean, that, that front four is, is a pretty good group of guys. Plus, plus their scheme, they, they, they do a lot of stunning. Um, I, I think we, we actually handled that pretty well. Um, I think the EKU game was one of those trap games uh, with South Carolina on the road being the next game. I'm not saying as a player you look ahead, but I'm not sure how focused they were on that game. So to come away with a W is still big. And the South Carolina game, I think I tweeted, for, for us to get automatic first play game seven points, well, six points, then to have things go right on offense and to not have anybody hang their head shows the maturity and the leadership of our team. I mean, I played on games. I played on a team back in the day. If that happened to us, <laughs> it would have been 80-something zero. <laughs> so for for those guys to continue to fight, it says a lot. It says a lot. It says a lot about coach stoops. It says a lot about those seniors. It says a lot about the, the underclassmen who are who are captains. It's it's more than just the X's and O's. Um it's it's the, the distance between the ears that, that that actually make a team. And um and those guys stuck together, they hung together and they pretty much dominated dominated the, the game after those first three offensive possessions.
1: And you mentioned the rough start, and we're talking with former UKDB Van House. You mentioned the rough start, the, the big play to Devo Samuel against South Carolina. They get hit in the mouth, first play of the game. How, how hard is that for Derek Beatty, who, you know, that's, that's who was checking him, to have that happen and then turn around and have the game he had. He's the SEC defensive player of the week after, you know, starting the game the way he started.
5: As as a corner, that has to be your mentality because you're going to get beat more than you're going to win. That's just how the rules are, how the offenses are. As a corner, you have to have that sharp term memory. Um, you can't worry about that the play is over. And actually – that play, I know Derrick Bailey took took the heat for it, but that really wasn't his fault. So it that also kinda of brings it off of you a little bit too, knowing that, okay, I did what I was supposed to do. We got sucked in by the play action fake and it left the middle of the field wide open when I'm playing outside technique. So as a player, you just you just let that go. And we have so many more plays left that, that one play isn't gonna really Decide the, the total outcome of the game if we buckle down and, and and play the way we are supposed to play. Is it
1: is it harder for taller corners like the ones we have, or is it you know if you're all about your hips and, and you're able to stay low and, and do your technique right, or is it is it more difficult for them having that extra length, or does that not play a role at all?
5: i I'm not six three I'm six feet, so <laughs> I, I I would have loved to have been that tall for for the reach there's you know it works both ways it's It's all about center gravity. Obviously, it's tougher for them to to get their center gravity lower because their legs are so long, but they have the advantage of that reach to go get somebody. so in college, which I don't understand why more people don't do, which is what I did. Is that there is no such thing as passing appearance when the ball isn't in the air. So, with guys with arms that long, you can continually to chuck the receiver down the field until the ball is in the air. I I personally think they have a, a big time advantage because they can be physical because they have mm-hmm. that reach. Um. So, the, the 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 issue will come if they're playing. Off the line of scrimmage, man to man, where they can't touch the guy, and they have to maintain that low center of gravity as the receiver is closing their their cushion. Um, but as a whole, I, I would rather be six three. I mean,
0: wow.
5: Richard Sherman is, a, is okay. around that that height, and yeah. and he's showing how much of an advantage that is.
1: Very true. When Terry jump in, you know I get I get long winded sometimes and I'll, I'll to no, I I kind of ramble. No, I'm this
2: this, this <laughs> is uh, this is knowledge right here, uh, you know. So I'm I'm enjoying that and 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 picking up little tidbits on some some good cornerback play. You know, I'm I'm all about that. But, but looking forward, uh, to yes, Florida, man. are you feeling that we're going to get to four uh, zero? I'm a little bit leery because a lot of the national folks are kind of getting on board, but. Uh, I, I'm I'm feeling good, but I'm I'm kind of cautious about it as well.
5: Hey, if it, if we cannot if we don't turn the ball over and put mm-hmm. our defense in in short field situations, Florida offense is not very good right now. Our defense is 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 pretty stout. If if we can play the field position the time of possession like we've done all year. Don't worry about winning pretty. Just maintain. Don't make stupid mistakes. Stay out of long first downs. Stay up. Head of the chain. We'll be okay because I just just can't see their offense putting up 14 to 21 points. I just can't see it. If, If they have to march 80, 70 yards Score. Now, if they have to only get 30 yards, then that's possible. But I don't see them marching the the whole length of the field scoring all defense often.
1: And they've gotten more, or as many, I didn't look it up, but they've gotten as many pick sixes or more than they have offensive
5: touchdowns. Right. That's exactly. See, the people who who just look at the score don't understand how they're scoring. That offense just doesn't look very good right now but you know when you're dealing with 17 to 23 year olds each week is a different week (laughs) so you never know
1: (laughs) you're talking with former ukdb van house you mentioned that you were six feet so did you have a preference i asked joey uh couch the same thing and you might have been on the line already I, i saw you dm me on twitter I asked him what type of lineman he liked to go up against—the the big, huge guys or the small, quick guys with the good footwork. Did you prefer a lanky six-four receiver, or would you prefer a five-eight guy, a slot type, quick type, or or what type of body type did you prefer to go up against and lock down, or did it not matter to you as a corner?
5: Well, I'm I was a physical corner, so. I like the—I don't know—you guys remember Frank Sanders from Auburn. Those are the guys
0: yeah.
5: I like to cook because they are gonna get into the get into the the the, the physicalness of, of the game. I didn't like the Jack Jacksons, the, the Florida's the Florida four receivers because of just the quickness. Um, as a physical guy, if I could get my hands on them, then it was over. But if I didn't touch them, it was was definitely to their advantage. So playing those quick-shifty guys, uh, way, way more difficult, way more difficult. Mm.
1: Understand. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One of our listeners, Michelle, was tweeting in, uh, talking about you being a grill master. Which which is better right now, your grilling game or your golf game? Because we see on Twitter that you're a fan of both.
5: Oh. Which one is better? Uh, yeah, definitely my grilling game. Uh, my <laughs> my grilling game is second to none. That's that's for sure. It's not even close. Not even close. I, I I I probably I'm not gonna say I have the best because I'm sure other people make grill very well. But I have one of the best briskets in the country. Period. Oh,
3: uh, okay. Well, all right.
5: Man. <laughs> now, yeah. If you, if I'm, I'll, I'll. No, no, I was that just gonna sense say sense. I, I. I will send you a picture, because the picture says a lot. <laughs> that sounds good.
0: <laughs> that
1: sounds good. And, um, you know, my wife and I will watch the Food Network, and you know that They have a Chop Grill Master now. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there.
5: We can see you on there. You no, know, I've, I've. I've definitely seen it. I've seen it too. The the only thing about it is is I'm a cook. I'm not a chef. Two different things. Mm. I can do what I I, I do. Now, I don't know if I'm creative enough if they give me those four ingredients to come up with something Mm. edible.
1: And transform it too.
5: Right, exactly. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
5: Now, if they give me a brisket and a pork shoulder, then I'm all good. But if they give me this that crazy candy stuff from some different <laughs> country that you don't know what yeah, I'm pretty much done.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, you mentioned that you were at the Southern Miss game. Do you get back to Lexington to, to catch games when you can or like homecoming or things of that nature?
5: You know, I I haven't done as much as I, I want to because I have a son who plays sports, and I have a daughter who plays sports. So those Saturdays are soccer, basketball, whatever. So it's, it's, it's hard to to tell my kids because I travel a lot to say, um, guys, I'm going to miss the game because I'm we'll going to go to a U.K. football game. But I'm going to try to make one this year because my son isn't playing soccer. It's only my daughter. And I think her last game is the end of October which is not very good for a fan to sit in, in I mean, come, I was going to say Commonwealth, and Cloverfield in November when it's 40 uh-huh. degrees. But but I might try to make one in November. I'm going to try my hardest. Sounds good. But, but I don't think I've, I've, good. I've been back. I don't think I've been to a game in Lexington in about two years, I think. Okay. Well,
1: Van, we definitely – appreciate you taking the time to hop on the show and would we love to get you on again at some point throughout the season. Uh you drop all kind of knowledge just like Terry said and just like you do on Twitter, you know, just the little insight, the things that you see, um, you know, and you're able to convey it and relay it. Uh your conversations with Anthony White, I was just in there reading and learning. So I mean, we'd love to get you on again and the and are in election at the same time. Definitely love to meet you or so if I'm in Baton Rouge, I'm definitely gonna let you know because I, I, I got to get down there one day too.
5: Sounds good, man. I, I, I appreciate you guys letting the letting the foreigner on <laughs> on your own broadcast, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. We certainly appreciate but it. But Anthony
1: Weiss Anthony White's a foreigner too. He's from Ohio. I mean, you know. What, he, oh he's yeah, yeah, that's true. Two. But
5: but but he 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 really doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we you know we we let
5: everybody
1: on and um, you know even some you know fans of other schools, guests from other schools, media people from other schools. We we kind of we're all right with it, so you know. Okay. We let we let them well, all through. We let everybody come through.
5: Anytime, fellas, I love talking big blue football all day.
1: We really appreciate it, and I'm I'm looking forward to the picture that brisket uh, had some the other day. I definitely can look at a picture and let my mouth water once you send it. So yeah, i have to have to see what you <laughs> you're putting down on. <laughs>
5: Sounds good, man. Sounds good.
1: Hey, thanks so much Van, B- 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 uh, we really, really appreciate it.
5: It was an honor, sir. You, same here, man. Same here, I appreciate it, guys. That man, was
1: man. Former in this-
0: former
3: Van House. The three big time t v Huh? Yeah, yeah,
1: three big-time guests. And it, it was, what What better week to go all football than leading up to Florida when you're 3-0 and got your best chance to beat them. Well, well, you had a good chance to beat them two and three years ago, but where you once again have a, another best chance to beat them, where well, you close that and gap. This
0: just goes to,
2: yeah, and this goes to show, you know, when I went to the EQ, e, EQ <laughs> whoo! Yeah. The Eku game a couple of weeks ago. Okay, there was there were some empty seats, right? It, it, I don't know what the crowd was announced, but there were some empty seats there. But now, man, you're not going to be able to get the Kroger Field. I see mm. people all over Facebook, all over social media, need tickets. Got to get tickets. Yeah. Uh oh.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when
2: you get to you get to four and now people got to start listening to you. You know, you beat, you beat yep. Florida, now now you can be in that driver's seat. With the win at Florida and you get that momentum, all of a sudden, Terry's crazy 10-pin prediction might not look so crazy. Yeah, right? yeah. So, uh, like I said earlier, you know, we've talked about uh, it seems like almost every game is the biggest game of Stoops' tenure. It's the craziest thing to kind of live and and die on every game. But listen to these former players talk about and Dan said it and Joey said it. Uh and I've been talking about it. There was no slump shoulders. After that started South yeah. Carolina. There was no head hanging. There was no uh-oh same old Kentucky. There's none of that. And yeah. for for players that have been through the program to kind of acknowledge that, I think it's huge that this is not the same old Wildcats. The culture is starting to change. People are starting to believe. Get to 4-0, in the streak. Now you're the talk of college football. When you look at the stretch they've been on after that 0-2 start, are you kidding me? So again, let's look at where they are. Look at Steven Johnson. Quarterback controversy dead, gone, buried. He's your QB1. Right? With that you know, I I see he's he sewed it up last week against EKU, but on the road with that 50-yard run where he stuck out his tongue. Yeah, that's my QB, <laughs> that's who we're going to roll with. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the guy that outdueled the uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, I, I, that's who I'm going to go with. So, uh, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I think the cats are going to win. Uh, I'm going to go with 28-17 is my prediction. Cats win; they end the streak, and we go we go partying. Uh, I don't know where the kids party these days in Lexington, but we're going to go partying uh, after the win. That's what I'm going with. Uh. I guess I'll say
1: I'll say twenty to fourteen. I picked Kentucky to win this game before the season started, you know. Um, and like like everybody's saying, you know, and like Van said, it, it changes from week to week. You know, seventeen to twenty-three year olds, but Kentucky's defense, like third in the nation against the run, Florida. I mean, it, it took a last-second bond to beat Tennessee. Uh, offensively, Jim McElwain's an offensive guy. I mean, he was Nick Saban's offensive coordinator in Alabama before he went to Colorado State. But ever since he's been there, Florida's offense just has not clicked. I mean, and, and, you know, they, and it's not like they haven't tried to fix it and tried to address it, but it still just isn't you know, going up and down the field and putting up a lot of points. Uh, I mean, you don't have to be spurring the fun and gun, but you're an offensive guy, you would expect it to maybe have a little bit better production than what we've seen. And Kentucky defensively has been able to show the ability to clamp teams down, to, to not just let teams run all over them. Uh, the defensive line, which we thought would be a question mark, is, is playing great. You know, Coach LeBlanc is, and rightfully so, receiving a lot of praise from former players. Like Joey, like I said, Joey, last time he was on, talked about how much he liked him. Talked with George Massey. First words out of his mouth, how much he liked LeBlanc, Gary LeBlanc. So it looks like Kentucky has the ability to make Florida work and have to drive and make long drives without making mistakes to score. So if Kentucky doesn't, you know, turn the ball over, pick sixes, fumbles, because that's how Florida scores. They scored 17 points against Michigan, and two of those were pick sixes. They got 14 outs of defense and a field goal. Got a pick six against Tennessee. You know, Tennessee was deep in their own territory, pass with tipped, got a pick six. Um, so they scored 26 points, but, you know, defense again playing a role. And honestly, Tennessee isn't what they once were, but they should have beating Florida the last four years. You had the last play Saturday, Florida wins. Uh, Tennessee won in Knoxville last year. But down in the swamp again in 2015, Florida on the last play of the game, another 60-yard play. So if it was a short pass and a long run. But this time you had a long bomb. Tennessee had that game won. So Florida isn't the same Florida that's just blowing people out, um, like Van said, he's been in some games where it would have easily been eighty to nothing when you start off bad. We've seen Florida beat Kentucky seventy-three to seven, sixty-five to three. We've seen it get really ugly, uh, but it unless Kentucky really helps Florida, it doesn't seem like that should be
2: the case this time. Yeah, and I'm feeling I'm feeling very confident uh, heading into it, uh, heading into this game. I, I know. Uh, As some of my friends have said, well, we've kind of seen this before a little bit. Maybe, but I'm feeling a little bit different. It, it, it's got a different feel than uh, than it has uh, in previous getting ready for Florida. Because each one of these games, these three games we've had so far, the Cats have showed a little something different.
0: Uh, where yeah. things could have
2: gone south and they couldn't go south. And I know we're over, mm-hmm. and if you like to tell folks they can uh, catch the Uh, What's the details? I I, I don't know all the details, but they can catch us on iTunes. They can catch us (laughs) since we're over a little bit. But but real
1: quick, iTunes. uh, Yeah. Stitcher. I I just Googled Cat Talk Wednesday. I just Googled Cat Talk Wednesday, and it popped up. Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. It's got an app. All our podcasts are there. I didn't even know how we got there, but I started tweeting out. That's just another way people can... Access the show. So stitcher, iTunes, rate it on iTunes. Give a review. You know, put however many stars you want to put. Hopefully five. Uh, do all of that good
2: stuff, and we definitely appreciate it. Right, but but real quick, I'm, and I want folks to check it out. Uh, you got on the Google machine there, but uh, let me just say, and I've tried to be a better person, but real quick. Uh, since it's been all about football, college football game day, college game day was here in my hometown on Saturday, and the defending national champions, Clemson Tigers, came to town for an ACC primetime matchup with the Louisville Cardinals. We didn't really cover, we didn't get to cover this last week because it was kind of crazy. I was only on for a little bit. But I was going to go with my prediction that Clemson was going to win big. I just felt that that was going to be the case, and just the craziness of it. Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal talent, but I'll say most Louisville fans don't deserve don't deserve him. I'm not under, and here's the, the what really drove me crazy in the lead up to this game was this notion that, okay, Lamar won the Heisman and, you know, it's kind of the consolation prize, Clemson got the national championship. Well, no, no. Heisman, it's great, it's wonderful, I get it. But how many players would trade that for a national championship? That's why you play as a team, to win the national championship. I never – I didn't understand the narrative that uh, somehow – uh, Heisman over national title. I mean, they're both great, but I, I, I think ninety-nine folks out of a hundred would say the national championship. At least in my estimation, that could be—I could be way off—but I just saw a lot of that, which I thought was kind of, kind of weird. I'm like, Deshaun Watson is okay;
0: he's, 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 he's fine.
2: <laughs> I mean, it is—it is, it is what it is. Uh, I know some probably some Clemson fans are kind of upset about maybe upset about it a little bit, but they're okay because they got the national championship DVD. So uh, I think, I think the cards are kind of, and the card fans are kind of understanding it's a little bit tougher to, to really grind out some of these games. And they've had some, you know, beating Florida State like they did last year, they've had some great runs. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but if you want to really get a seat at the big boys' table, you've got to be consistent year in year out. Uh, you know, a lot of they they talk about with us, with Florida not being Florida, Tennessee not being Tennessee, and Georgia being wildly inconsistent. Well, okay, you know we haven't made progress in the SEC. Well, you know Miami's not Miami. Florida State has a down year, and you haven't been to an ACC championship yet since you've been in the ACC. So it's not as easy <laughs> as you think. You know, it's one yeah. thing to be in the Big East and 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 you know have a tough game at Morgantown, a tough game as bizarre as it sounds with Rutgers, but when you're in a conference like the ACC, like the SEC. Okay, you can. You got your Vanderbilts and your Wake Forest, but there's a lot of tough games you have to play. You have to play national championship caliber teams, and it's not as easy. It's not as easy as you think. So, uh, that's my takeaway of the the game day game uh, here in Louisville.
1: Yeah, yeah, and i I've mentioned that while you were out, just because. Last year at this time, you know, Louisville played two games, like Charlotte and Syracuse, and Lamar Jackson put up huge numbers. Okay, okay, yeah, whatever. We'll see what you do against Florida State, and then we saw what happened against Florida State, and that kind of catapulted their season and put them on the map for the rest of the year. And, we you know, Kentucky started slow and built up steam, And got stronger as the year went on, and Louisville kind of faded as the year went on. So I was curious to see what would happen against Clemson, because the the, you know third game of the year again, another ACC power, defending champ, and it didn't go as well this time around as it did from last year when they blew out Florida State. So uh, I was curious to see how it went, and it was a, a night and day difference from one year to the next for them in game three.
2: Yeah, and, and what's strange, and someone pointed this out, that since Petrino has come back, Kentucky has more top 25 wins than Louisville does. It's 5-4, to four, which on its face, cool. you say, well, that can't be right. Then you do some digging. You say, well, yeah, that's right. And, with, yeah. and, and don't let me get on my tirade about the difference in the two programs. Uh, this perception here in my hometown is that Uh, when you talk about the game last year, you know, the game where they were 28-point underdogs and won on the road against the Heisman Trophy winner, when you talk about it, it, it's things like, oh, it was bound to happen, and oh, it was, uh, you know, one of those rare occurrences. Well, most of the the last couple of times we played, it, it hasn't been a blowout. Like, I don't understand this mindset that they're worlds apart. You had the one year mm-hmm. at Louisville where uh, Devontae Fields got going, and and then Lamar Jackson's kind of coming out party. You know, we're up twenty-one-zero that that go around yeah. So it, it's not as if it's. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't need to get my blood pressure up. But uh, it, I tell you this right now: that game the weekend after Thanksgiving, gonna be huge gonna be huge. If you've got Louisville that's playing pretty good and we go in with, with eight wins or so, that you know, that becomes musty T V even for casual football fans.
1: For sure. For sure. So we would just continue the excitement this week, I mean the excitement for the entire season, you know, we're already looking ahead to, you know, upcoming SEC games, Uh, and now we're looking ahead even to next year because the schedule just came out, and, you know, you see uh, the trip to Texas A&M, first time you get to play them in the conference, Uh, 2019. I mean, they'll come to Lexington, uh, will Kevin Sumlin be there when Kentucky goes to College Station? Uh, So, you know, at Louisville next year, at Tennessee next year, at Florida next year, Georgia at home, you know, how it rotates around, but, you know, I already got to get to see what it looks like for next year as we look ahead and see the excitement build for this year and this weekend.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I know I kind of took us over, but a few things I just wanted to cover this week. Yeah, and,
1: this week, you know, and even when we don't have any guests, sometimes we don't get to everything we want to get to. But new tonight, it, we wouldn't get to a lot of other things outside of football, especially when it lined up to have the three great guests that we did have on. Uh, but Kentucky football deserved all of that going into, a, I mean, a mammoth game against Florida. Uh, the game that sold out on a Tuesday. You know, the players were asking Mitch Barnhart on the flight, the plane flight home from Columbia, is it sold out? Is it sold out? So they were wanting to know uh, if they were going to have a packed, jacked, crazy, hostile environment for the Florida Gators to come into. So it's all just kind of been building all week. So it's going to be fun to see tomorrow and Friday uh, and then get to Saturday night for the ballgame. And you said 28 to Seventeen is that what you said? Yep,
2: 2817.
1: Wow, and I'll go 20 to 14, and hopefully this time next Wednesday, we're talking about 4-0 and and 2-0 and in the SEC in a snaps three-decade streak against the Florida Gators. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be back next Wednesday regardless. And thanks. A million to our three guests, Mr. Nate Nordington. Such an honor to talk to him and, and get, you know, insight into his story. Check his book out; still running. Uh, catch him signing the book. Follow him on Twitter at Nate First, Nate Sec underscore First. Thanks again to Mr. Nordington, uh, to Joy couch and the van house. Thanks to all three gentlemen coming on. Thanks to everybody who listened. Thanks to everybody on Facebook Live. Check out the show. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash cat talk and you can get what everybody says, myself, Terry, and all our guests.
0: And you can <laughs> check
1: past past episodes of the show are all there, or you can go to Stitcher or iTunes and, and get access to all the shows. We so definitely appreciate it. And appreciate you, TB, overcoming the flood last week at work and overcoming the foam, wanting to trip a little bit tonight and still coming on and bringing it, but we had a super good show, another one of those where we just sit back and say, wow, here we are talking to these individuals, three great former Cats, former UK football guys, and it was, it was wonderful to talk with them, all three of them.
2: Great show, great guest. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Michelle, who I think, you know, she's uh, she's got to be number one fan out there. So when we get on ESPN, she's got to get her shout-out, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Michelle Morton, number one with a bullet. Uh, didn't get to ask her, didn't get to ask Mr. Norlington what his trick was to stand so young. That was one of the questions that she had as well. But she did uh, tweet in some, some grilling tweets. For Van Howes, uh, And listens every week And she goes and catches When we go over on the podcast as well And listens on the podcast when she's away Or traveling or And everything So we definitely thank Michelle Morton And everybody else that listened For my man Terry Three Stacks Brown This is Vinnie Hardy Thanks for listening to episode 150 Of Cat Talk Wednesday Looking forward to doing it again next week Enjoying the games Enjoy this weekend. We'll see y'all next Wednesday. Thanks again, y'all.